gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier, y'all gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody voucher. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the greatest show on earth, the Man of Mindsets podcast. I am your host, Xavier, sitting here with the wonderful Deanna Kent. What's up, D? What's good? What's up, Zay? How you feeling today? Hey, I'm feeling amazing. I'm feeling, I'm feeling marvelous, man. I'm excited about this episode, yes, man. It's gonna be, this is gonna be one of them ones again. We back to back like Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before before we get this start, uh, show kicked off, I, I would greatly appreciate if you guys could like, subscribe, leave a comment. We're trying to get to uh, five thousand subscribers on YouTube, and we're trying to get to a thousand five star ratings on Apple Podcasts. So please leave a leave a review, a rate, a mm-hmm. five star rating at that. Uh, like I said, a like, a comment. Everything, everything. We really appreciate that. And we're going to get right into the show. So before we start, Deanna, she's going to get into our first sponsor of the show. Yes, sir. So it's time to get fit and get paid with the Lean and Six Body Transformation Challenge brought to you by Commando Athletics. This fitness challenge is exactly what you need to light a fire in you so that you can start making your health a high priority, you guys. This six-week challenge comes with easy-to-follow workouts, meal plans, and so much more. It's going to help you receive the results you're looking for in no time. And the great thing about it is you don't need much but effort. It's minimal equipment needed for this for both the home and the gym option for this plan. All fitness levels are welcome. And trust me, this is a challenge you don't want to miss out. It is literally so easy. Your grandma could do it. (laughs) (laughs) So remember when I said you're going to get paid? Well, on that note, the top five performers of this challenge are going to earn 1K each for having the best six-week transformation. So what's better than that, you guys? Getting your body right, hitting those goals, making your health a priority, and also walking home with $1,000. It doesn't get no better than that. So make sure you guys go over to www.commandoathletics.com. Sign up for the challenge today. It starts October 11th, and it's going to last through November 20th. And right now, it is on sale for $79. Yes, sir. And the link for that is in the description. So if you're interested and you want to get started, like I said, the link is in the description to get started today. So let's um, get right into the show. And this is an episode I've been um, really looking forward to. This is one of my my favorite followers on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, you definitely <laughs> need to follow this guy, man. He's uh, very interesting. He gave out great information. So mm-hmm. we had him bring him back. He was on episode 82. That's a, that was another uh, classic episode. He gave a lot of gems. So we brought him back. And he, his name is Steven Story. He's an insurance adjuster. And he's, I was going to say, he was, uh, he's hes doing everything right now. He's living <laughs> yeah, in Brazil. Right. He's traveling the country. Well, welcome back life. to the show, bro. Living the life. Hey, I appreciate y'all having me back home. I'm glad to be here. And it's, uh, a lot has happened. It's a lot, right? <laughs> a lot has happened since yeah, last He was on Zoom time, last time. Yeah, man. This is, wow, yeah. That was <laughs> like a lifetime ago, man. Yeah, right, right. So let's let's get right into it for the for the listeners who may not be familiar with you. Do you mind just giving them a, um, a background on yourself? Yeah, yeah. So guys, my name is Stephen Story. I'm from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I dropped out of college and I got I started a business. I started a business bell bond. That was my first uh, foray into running businesses by myself. I lived in that office for two years. I got my friend to drop out of college too, and uh, we started having some success after some struggles those first few months. Uh, I've been in the insurance industry since 2008. Um, done a few things in the insurance agent. I've sold insurance. Uh, bell bonding is an insurance. I hope y'all, if y'all didn't know that, now you know. Uh, yeah. And then after that, I got into insurance adjusting. 
2015, and after that, I've been traveling all around the, the continent uh, handling claims, specifically catastrophe claims like hurricanes, wildfires, floods, hailstorms uh, for uh, damage to auto and, and property. Okay, okay. So so for the, this is the first question I want to ask for the people that's listening to this. They might even know, like, what this is. So break that down. What is an insurance adjuster? Yeah. Okay, guys. Look, we're not going to talk about insurance all the whole time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just part. This is part of me. Right. Right. This is important. This is important. This is a part of me, and this allows. If this funds my lifestyle, so all these other stories you're going to hear as we go through this podcast, this funds those things. So, what an insurance adjuster is specifically, an independent insurance adjuster. They're the person that makes uh, a decision on your claim. So, let's say you're in a car wreck. They're going to say, "Hey, look." We see that you have X amount of damage, and your policy says this, so we're going to give you this amount of money based on what your policy says. Uh, same thing for like a home. So, like I say, you have a, a roof gets blown off or something like that. Uh, same concept. Uh, hey, look, we see your roof blew off. You have coverage, and that coverage says this. So, we interpret policy, and then we pay off that policy if we see coverage. If not, we'll, we'll see a denial. Mm, okay, that's, that's that's a simple breakdown. So if someone wants to become one, what do they like? They need like a certificate, a degree, or, um, like, or anybody can do okay, it. Okay, so everybody can't do it. Okay. Yeah. Most people can. Okay. Uh, so you need to have a, a high school diploma. You got to be able to work in the United States. And you have to be able to pass a background check. So some felonies won't be able to pass. Uh, some felonies will, but you have to check your State Department of Insurance to make sure. And you need to have, be a licensed insurance adjuster. Okay. As well, so you had to study, pass a state license. Okay. Test. And as far as like this, because I've heard, I've heard people use the term um, "behind the desk," and then uh, like yeah. behind the desk and like in the in the field. Yeah, those so like that's, that's, a, that's an industry the, lingo. That's okay. an industry lingo, man. So, um, what we mean by in the field is we're a person that goes outside and inspects a property in person. So they might be inspecting a, a car that's been damaged. They'll go physically out and, and take pictures of that car. Or they'll physically go out and take photos of that house and get on the roof and inspect it and and take measurements and things like that. So that's okay. the field. And then in a desk would be like a call center, or behind a desk would be like a call center environment or okay. a work from home environment. Okay. See, I got I, I, I got the military background. So when I hit in the field, my mind, <laughs> yeah. goes, somewhere, my mind goes somewhere completely different. I'm like, in the field, what you mean by that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so like, uh, let's get to a, a, something that people, you know, people definitely want to know when you talk mm -hmm. about pay. So like, yeah. what's the, like how much money can someone make being an insurance adjuster? Let's, talk about what they would make in the beginning. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay, okay. Most people, <laughs> yeah, most people who are getting into or listening to this, it's their first time hearing about it. So I've seen new people start out anywhere from $16 on the very low end to, to $36 an hour uh, on the higher end for their first time being an insurance adjuster. Uh, from there, it's based on how, how long you can stay in the seat. So how, how good can you get in your first job? That's going to determine how much money you're going to make. So you might get your first job and stay there six months if you can catch on. And the environment for that deployment uh, allows you to stay for a long time. Mm -hmm. Some deployments are quick. So it might be a small hurricane. You might be there six weeks. And it's not based on skill level. It's just because it's a small deployment. It's not a lot of claims. So you want to have a high claim count, and you want to be able to have a high skill level, and you can stay a while, and you can make some good money. Mm, okay. Yeah, so there's some stipulations there. So for you, how long did it take you to climb up that ladder and get to where you are now? Um... So my first deployment, I got fired in five days. What? Really? How? <laughs> yeah. It just, uh, they hired too many people. Mm -hmm. And I was brand new. I didn't know anything. You know, I think I turned my computer on two, two or three times. I got fired. You know what I'm saying? Like, Damn. I didn't even get to work for real. So 
I got out of training. I got I got to my desk. They tapped me on my shoulder. Said, "Hey, meet meet us in the lobby." <laughs> uh oh, you know what that means? Yeah. Come on, bring your bring your playbook, son. You know they got me out of there. Bring your jacket and all. And, then, um, <laughs> <laughs> and so that was my first one. And a few weeks later, I got my second deployment. I did that one for six weeks. It was a small, a, hur- a small hurricane, and I was only able to work for a few weeks. And they didn't need me anymore. They sent me home. And so I got one more. Like six weeks after that, and that was Atlanta. It was an auto deployment. I did seven months there, and that's wow. what that's what really got that's me on my feet and got me financially set, but also got my skill level up. And after that, I was consistent. Okay. Yeah. So going back to what you said earlier, mm-hmm. you said you dropped out of college. Yep. So was the goal always to be an insurance adjuster when you dropped out, or did some things happen in the middle to get you to that point? Well, you know, when I dropped out of college, I didn't drop out just because I felt like dropping out. Like I had an eye injury. I had like a really bad eye injury. So like first day of school, take your contacts out, guys, okay? My con this one contact changed oh, no. my whole life, okay? Yeah, take really them contacts. So out. listen, so I I uh, I didn't take my contact out one day and it ripped my cornea up and then I got an infection in my eye. And so I couldn't oh go to God. class for a month. I couldn't see anything, couldn't read. And so my dad was like, son, you know, you gotta you gotta start working, you know, because you can't just not be in school and not work. It ain't gonna work like that. So my mom had an insurance agency, she had an all-state agency. Mm-hmm. So I already had a background in insurance, but I was like, I really don't want to sell insurance right now. And so my dad was like, well, you know, my friend, he's a bail bondsman. He can teach you how to do it. So that's what I did. You know, so my goal wasn't to get in insurance. My goal was just to start working. Oh, damn. And then it was just went from there. <laughs> well, it's good to see that you was able to take that bad situation and turn it to something yeah. great. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, and I'm thankful. It hurt like hell. Wow. It's probably one of the worst pains you can feel out as a man. <laughs> it's, it's quite painful to rip your corny up, though. It's, it's quite painful. So are there, like, um, I'm trying to think of where the word is. For, like, insurance adjusters, are, are there any jobs that's, like, permanent? Or is everything, like, like seasonal, like, uh, temporary? No. no. Yes and no. Okay? No in the sense that you're independent. So you always have an opportunity to be released. Okay? Because you're going to work until you can't. We're there to, to aid the staff, the staff adjuster, until they don't need us anymore, until they can handle their claims on their own. But some companies are always behind. So if you're good and you mesh well with the team, you can work for several years at a time. Like my mother, me and my mother, me and my mother um, we started working together on a job in 2016. She's still there. I've worked probably eight deployments since then. And she's still at the same job four years in because she liked it and she's never been fired from there and she's still an independent adjuster. Um, is that typical for everybody? No, but she's really good at what she does. She takes it serious. You know, she's a professional. So, uh, it ain't just a luck of the draw. Right. Okay. You know, if you perform at a high level, you're going to stay around for a long time. You won't have, a, you won't have a hard time getting work, but if you're not performing at a high level, if you don't take your job seriously, you're going to be popping around and you're going to be having short deployments. Short deployments. Mm-hmm. Wow. I like that you brought that, um, that your mom does it too, because I saw you tweet about it and like the tweet that you were making was that insurance adjusting can adapt to your lifestyle. Exactly. So can you dive more into that a little bit? Yeah. So like, for example, my mom, she, she's worked at the same place for four years. I've been to Canada twice since then and worked in Canada and lived in Canada as well and worked in Florida and Texas and, you know, Atlanta and, you know, I worked a lot of places because I like to travel. I like to go to different cities and work in different cities. So I take contracts there or deployments It'll take me to these different places. My mom, she likes staying in one place, so she stays stays in one place. I got other friends that they have. He has a family, a younger family. He lives in Atlanta. He just works in Atlanta, you know. And and it, it's a lot of people that have that type of 
those type of parameters around the type of deployments they take. But for me, like, oh, we we going to Dallas, word, I'm there. Oh, it's mm-hmm. Calgary, we doing Toronto, we doing... You're there, I'm there. You know, because I want to see places, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't have a family, I don't have children, anything like that. So for me, it's like, hey, y'all paying what again? 10000 a month, 12000 a month? Okay, I can, I can swing that in... DC, you know what I'm saying? I can swing that in Miami. Mm-hmm. Like, who wouldn't want to do that? And so that's that's what it's like for me. But I have other people that just work from home and keep, you know, they work a couple different with a different couple different companies through the year, and that's it. So, what you saying is, so there's a difference in pay if you take on the um, traveling positions or the deployments. No, 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 it's not a big difference in pay. Um, no, not at all. I think it's it's about the same. Okay. You know, honestly. People who stay in the same place usually are going to make more money because they don't have they have lower expenses. Lower expense. yep. mm-hmm. You're not traveling and all this. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm getting Airbnbs and rental cars and flights <laughs> and stuff. You know, like yeah, I'm burning money up. So what's so, so so for somebody that's listening to this and they like been thinking about this and um, they tuning in right now. So like, mm-hmm. what's that that starting point for them to like work their way to eventually becoming one? Um, I, w- I would say the first thing you need to do if it's, if if it interests you at all. Check your state department of insurance. Make sure you fit the requirements. And then you need to, to go get licensed. You know, go get your license. Like, before you do anything, just go get, get, go get licensed. Go study. Take your pre-license course. Get your, get your license. You'll always have it. Renew it every two years, and you'll have it before anything else. That's what I would say. Um, I do have a YouTube channel, guys. You can go to my YouTube. I explain everything in detail mm. through several I'll videos. Check that out. Go check that if out. You, if you want to do that, um, because people, y'all all ask the same questions, so right. <laughs> I've answered all of them uh, fairly, fairly easily for y'all. So I make it real plain. You want if if you're not ready to spend that money, go to my YouTube and then just just watch watch those watch videos explaining videos. everything. Because it's um like a sure suggestion. What what I realized on Twitter is like really popular right now. I see a lot of people talking about yes. getting their license, becoming mm-hmm. an adjuster. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of people making real good money yes. doing it. So it's like. Mm-hmm. I, I look at it as another option for people that may not want to go to college or stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, not, maybe not even not want to go to college, but it's just like, I don't want to spend another $15,000 yeah. or $20,000. Right. I want to spend another two years so I can get a $15,000 pay raise. You know, I got guys, I got two guys, I ain't going to say their names, but they came out of Hammond, Louisiana. I said, hey, man, what, what's the most you ever made? He said, I made $10 an hour. That's the most? That's the most you ever made. It was $10 an hour. It was 24 And, um... He make, he's making thirty one hundred dollars a week now. Look at that. You know, insurance adjusting. Insurance adjusting. Thirty one hundred dollars a week. You know what I'm saying? Him and his friend, they both went out there and they both made it happen. You know, and so, and they got their jobs. They didn't get fired. They they still working. They're professionals. You know, and it's like, they didn't. They went to high school. These guys ain't, ain't touched college for real right. like that. You know what I'm saying? They they went out. They made it. You know, they made it happen for themselves. Not shaming them for any of that. You know, everybody got their own path. But it's like, yo, thirty one hundred dollars a week, man. They can. That's a month. They're doing their monthly salary plus. In a week. Every seven days, you know? And so mm-hmm. it's like, is it, is it a cash grab? No, you're going to earn this money. Mm. But if you want to put this, this is an effort-based business. If you can at least put the effort in every day, you're going to make something for, you're going to make something of yourself. Man, that's, that's, and that's life, that's life changing to go from $10 an hour to over 3000 a week. Yeah. Just from the mentality standpoint that's gonna completely open your mind up are you done have you (laughs) man one thing about money is once you (laughs) once you making a certain amount and used to it once that changes you making a different amount you think of money totally different it stretches you like our minds are like rubber bands right but it's not even like a rubber band it's different because once it's stretched you can't go back (laughs) man what you know that's a lot you get once you start stretching like you you 23 doing 3100 
Now you like, how can I do five thousand a week, mm-hmm. man? You just keep going. Then the know? standard changes. Yeah, the standard changes exactly. And so that's that's another goal of mine. That's why like I push it so hard. That's why I'm so excited about because like I know what it feel like to not to not be doing well. You know, I know what it feel like to be like really out here like hungry for real. Like I can't mm-hmm. afford to pay rent or whatever like that. And you know, then you get this 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 license, and then they say, oh, man, I remember my first job, man. My first job, they called me. It was like it was like. It was like thirty five fifty an hour. I was like, "What?" Like, it's like a customer, you know what I'm saying? Like, like thirty five fifty an hour for sixty hours a week. Like, that's the job I work five mm-hmm. days. I made seventeen hundred dollars in five days. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was just like, "Yeah, y'all got it. Look, y'all got it. I'm gonna be doing Say this." Less. You know, uh, and so I'm just I'm proud of all my students that have been doing. I think we had hundred thirty hired. Uh, hundred thirty wow, students amazing, hired, bro. Uh, and probably ninety percent are still working right now. And, you know, my goal is to get 500 students. I want 500 students working. Mm-hmm. Oh, you gonna get it? Well, we gonna, yeah. we, and we gonna we gonna help you get yeah. that done. Yeah. And so to the people that's <laughs> listening to this, that's watching this, and y'all, like I said, y'all thinking about becoming an insurance adjuster. He has a course. And we gonna we gonna we gonna get into yeah. that where you could get yeah. you can, and he can help you lead lead in that direction. We gonna get mm-hmm. into all that, man. But mm-hmm. this like like this this um I love like I just love having these conversations because yeah. this is a conversation like literally me and my boy we would tell you, we was talking about it. And he was saying how like. He used to, I think he said, like, he used to strive for, like, um, I think he said, like, $100,000. Um, he said he went from, like, striving for, like, $100,000 a year to $100,000 months. Now he's like, I need $100,000 weeks now. Right. And I'm like, bro, you this is, it's, it's real. Like, it's possible. Once, like you said, it's like a rubber band. Once your minds open up to what's out there and what's possible, it's like, it's like a gift and a curse. It's like, I can never go back to this now. No. It's like, like what's the, who said that? Like, once you go, Jay-Z said in that song, it's hard to go, it's hard to go back to Hamburger Helper when you've been eating yeah. filet mignon. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, talk man. to talk. Like, for real. No, seriously. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, so I love steak. And so I eat a lot of I eat a lot of dry aged steak. I don't know if anybody yeah. listening is a steak lover, but you I, fancy. I be I, I be eating like fifty day steak, seventy day steak. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And so I had a rib out a day, and I was just like, bro, what is this? <laughs> like it was like I was at a regular <laughs> restaurant, you know what I'm saying? But like had this rib, I was like, bro, what is this, man? Like what are y'all serving over here, man? Like, but I'm not trying to be bougie. I'm just saying like I just been eating it's like the that. Standard you- and I ate a regular rib out at a regular restaurant. I was like, yo, this ain't this ain't finna work, bro. Like mm-hmm. I. I didn't realize I had gotten that way, but you know, yeah. mm-hmm. they say they say humans adapt very fast. And the, the the longer I'm living, the more that I see like that's very true. Because I remember mm-hmm. having me, we used to have uh, conversations like, man, twenty thousand dollars a month. Twenty thousand dollars a month. Now it's like if I make twenty thousand dollars in a month, it's a bad month. That's a bad month. <laughs> it's like, man, what we been doing, man? Yeah, hold on. <laughs> we tripping, man. Like we tripping. We in it. That's twenty thousand a month. You make that just sitting on your ass, not doing nothing, bro. I remember I used to write down like I used to be writing down ten thousand dollars a month. I used to put this on my screensaver, yeah. my phone. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Man, like I gotta, I gotta do this, and then you know you start doing it, and it's like, man, that, that wasn't that hard, like. Okay, I can do a little bit and more. I was yeah, man. Why not make this such a big thing, you know? <laughs> but moving past insurance, I want to talk about about, yeah. about money consciousness and success consciousness. So, like, um, once we got to remove emotion from money in regards of, uh, like, our desperation around money and, like, making, like, these these big numbers, like, pedestals, right? Like, you put 10 grand a month on a pedestal, right? And it's people doing 10 grand every day. Yep. And that's a bad day, mm-hmm. 10 grand a day, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, how, why are we limiting... Uh, our infinite potential on a finite number, you see, yeah. and so like, are, are, is your potential ten thousand dollars a month? If you just, if you really worked your hardest, 
If you believed, if you if you affirmed it every day, if you got other people around you, and you 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 invested in your mind and and you and you you focused for thirty days, you think ten thousand dollars most you could make? That's not possible. Mm. That's that's false, right? So why why do we put ten thousand or a hundred thousand or a million dollars? Mm-hmm. Why, why are we putting those numbers on our these finite numbers on our infinite potential? And so once we see that, then we also see this: the the human will is the strongest thing on this earth. Human willpower. Human willpower has created everything you see. Human willpower and imag- imagination, right? And so then, and I think you and I know this, and you know, we all know this, but for the listener, if we can tap into our imagination and tap into, and so you see your imagination, say, hey, this is what I want. I believe everything that we see, guys, somebody imagine first, yep. and then we put in our, our uh, willpower, okay? So we put those two things together. We, we marry those. We can have anything. And that's what a real win is. You know what I'm saying? That's when you really start to, to have serious success. And so once I did that, I started imagining like things I wanted. Like yep. I said, hold on, bro. Okay, I want this. Bam, I got to say, oh, shit, hold on. How did I do that? <laughs> you know? And the first, well, the first few times you do it, it's, it might not be so conscious. But then you can start saying like, and just for a simple, let's make it real simple for pre-all. You like you like chicken wings? What? Man, I love talk, chicken wings. I'm, I'm a I chicken, love chicken wing connoisseur. I love chicken wings. Okay. <laughs> Me too. So, and I'm sure y'all listening. Somebody like chicken wings, or you like steak, or spaghetti, or whatever it is. Y'all have. I'm sure y'all have had this experience. You have been to a place you you didn't know, and you found some chicken wings. Yep. They were good. That you had never been, you had never been to that place before, and you were like, I gotta have chicken wings. And so you put your imagination and your willpower together. And so you figure out you how figure to get some, chicken wings. get some chicken wings. Money's the same thing. It's the same concept. You're right. Your subconscious doesn't know the difference between money or, or uh, chicken, wings, chicken wings. Or spaghetti or pizza or, you know what I'm saying, whatever it you is. You know the one. I want it. So how do we qualify? How do we qualify for what we want, guys? Desire. All you got to do is desire it. And you qualify. And then from there, you just willpower imagination. Mm. So, you know what I'm saying? So what do you say to the people? Because you know, like, as kids, yeah. our minds are, everything yeah. is limitless. Everything is possible. Like, we think we could do everything. You know, we don't have any limitations on right. ourselves. But once we get out into the real world and Stars become adults and interact with other, other people, right. we allow these limitations and these mental barriers to start mm-hmm. coming into play. So you're talking about this, but for the average person, that could be really hard for them to drop down to all these mental it. barriers that have been built right. up over years. So how does one get to that? level of where they drop those those those, all those scars mm -hmm. that the world then put on them and get to back thinking like a child Mm -hmm. well yeah Yeah. unlocking that imagination yeah now now i I do a few things for that um i really literally be like what would 12 year old steve think how would 12 year old steven get through this idea this problem right uh or how what would he say like if i was like making up like man i don't know if i'm gonna get this job 12 year old steve would be like who cares Mm -hmm. like why why do you even care and so you, maybe it's sometimes it's just that simple, like, remove that desperation, that care, like, I got to have it. I just, my whole world's going to cr- come crashing down if I don't get this. You just be like, hey, I don't care. We're going to go play outside. How many times we got whoopings and played after that? Man, Still every good. time. Unless you couldn't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And even if you couldn't play outside, you'd be like, man. You know what I'm saying? You, and so it's like, well, we figured it out when we was kids. We can still figure it out. And so, like, one thing I've been tweeting lately, I need new problems. Guys, look. The thing about problems is there's a solution behind it. So you're blocking yourself by saying, I don't want this problem, but you're blocking your solution. So it's like, I'm going to focus on my, getting new problems because it's going to put me in an opportunity to have a solution. Now I, gotta, now I have a solution to this problem. So, for example, I'm in this fear-based thinking, 
all right, around love or, or, or money or where my life is headed. Look, it don't really matter, okay? That, those things don't really matter that much. My, like, I'm going to go to sleep tonight. I'll wake up the next day. I'm still going to eat. I'm still going to figure it out every day. And so, like, if I just take the, uh, the, the heaviness of those things that I, I, I say I want, just take that down off that pedestal, same way for money, take it off that pedestal, and stop making it such a serious thing. If you just be chill about it, like, you'll figure it out. But you putting your mind, your subconscious around, oh, man, I can't have it. It's, you, you put on this negative emotion. And so now your subconscious says, well, shit, he can't figure it out. So we just gonna, mm -hmm. I'm going to just lay back until he let me do my work, <clears throat> mm -hmm. you know? Damn. No, you, 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 um, you, you talking some real gems right now, man. Hey. No, this, <laughs> but that's, that, that's so important. I'm glad Deanna asked that question because um, I think people don't realize how important it is to get back to that childlike mentality where you was like thinking of, why can't I do this? You know, when you were a kid, people, they ask you, what you want to do when you grow up? People like, I asked not a president. And they instantly, a grown-up's reaction is, wait, make plan B because that may not possibly happen. Yeah. I'm going to tell you a better example. So like, let's say we were all, we was all, we, we all like ten years old. I raced to that pole. Ain't no can't. Right. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat you. Yeah. Well, shit. No, you ain't. I'm gonna beat you. And then we go run to the pole. Why? We not even putting a thought in our head that we can't. Mm -hmm. Right. You well, know then what I'm we saying? Lose. Man, I was, I was. Uh, so guys, I'm 33 years old. Okay, and I wanted to do a backflip. So I, I'm, I live in Brazil. I don't know if y'all know. We, we, we don't get into that too. I live in Brazil. Yeah. So I'm with these Brazilians. So Brazilians are really good about bringing you into activities. And so I get there one day, my boy, he's an acrobat. He's like, yo, come with me to this, uh, to this little beach area. We finna do some backflips. I was like, bro, I never did no backflip, dog. Like, man, come on, bro. Like, I'm over 200 pounds, bro. Like, I'm not finna do a backflip with y'all. Like, and he was like, no, you finna do a backflip today. And it wasn't even like a negotiation. He was like, all right, do this, do this. I was like, all right. He just made it so, uh, like I had no other choice. <laughs> I did a backflip. I did a backflip that day. You know what I'm saying? At 33, I'm doing backflips. And so, like, two weeks later, I'm doing no-hand backflips, you know? And it's like, that's that childlike mm -hmm. lack of fear. Like, another way to get over fear, guys, just be ignorant. Just not know. Mm -hmm. Just not know. Mm -hmm. Just not. You just don't even know that there's something crazy about it, that something crazy could happen. Stop worrying about all the things that, like, I got to have all the information. I got to have all the details. No, you don't. Just be stupid sometimes and just go after it. And then if you win, if you make it happen, then you be like, oh, dang, I didn't know. I didn't know I, I, I was really risking I was already, something. Yeah. Just be ignorant. No, you that's, know? that's facts. And it, like, um, I know over the years, I have like a, a totally different mentality when it comes to fear. Because I used to be thinking like, oh, man, like I'm, I'm not supposed to be fearful right now. But now I think like this is a normal emotion that every yeah. human has. It's mm -hmm. like I'm it's okay to have this emotion. Mm -hmm. I just need to control it. I need to first embrace it mm -hmm. and say, okay, I'm scared right now. Why am I scared? And just control it and just still move forward and do it anyway. I think mm -hmm. so many people, it's like they have that feeling and it's like, oh, shit, I'm scared. It's like, yo, you scared and everybody else is scared. Oh, everybody's scared, <laughs> man. Like, <come laughs> just on, do it man. anyway. Just do it anyway, <laughs> man. Like, we're going to keep going back to these kid examples. Like, let's use sales, for example. There might be some sales people listening to me right now. Would a five-year-old be scared to ask somebody to sign a contract? Not at all. They don't even think about it. <laughs> they not even. Think. They don't even care. Man, why do you care? You know what I'm saying? Like a five-year-old be like, "Uh, hey, sign this." <laughs> and the five-year-old just sit there. <laughs> like they gonna sit there and be like and wait. 
They well, might walk why, off. And then if you say no, they're gonna ask you a million questions. Well, why are you not sounding it? And then you're the problem. So why are you not acting like a five year old? Why are you not acting like this five year old in this in that moment, right? That's a fact. But but it's like so why do we have fear? We have fear to protect us from mortal danger. Okay? From like to save our lives in case we do something stupid. You know what I mean? Exactly. Right? That's what fear is for. Now, if our fear uh, responses are engaging over a contract or you know asking somebody out or something like that, like that's not real. These emotions aren't real. You know, like it's like okay, I feel this, but I know this isn't where this fear should be actively placed. So hey, calm down, mind, calm down, subconscious, subconscious. We got this, and you just go ahead and do it. You just go ahead and move forward. You know, and if we keep doing that. Your mind starts to say, okay, well, I don't need to be fearful of this situation because clearly he knows what he's doing. He, she knows what she's doing. Uh, but if we keep embracing that fear and just let the fear hang out, it's going to beat us up every time. Yeah, that's a perfect example just because, like, where I get my uh, haircut at, my barber, her um, her nephew, he's in the fourth grade, and he works at the shop. They have shoes there. They sell shoes. And, like, he's one of the salesmen. And, like, mm -hmm. every time I go, he's like, he has no fear. Like, I could turn him down a 100,000 times. He's like, he going to bring up a new shoe. You like this color? You like these? You like this design? Yeah. I'm like, yo, he, like, he really be working harder than, the, like, the adults that work there. Yeah. He get you to buy something he every me, single he, time. He get me to buy something. <laughs> he going he gonna to keep looking until he finds something that I like. Like, I tell him no a 100 times. He going to find something and be like, I got him. Like, and then yeah. he going to hit me with a discount, too. <laughs> he get at this. I'm like, damn. Come like, on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Consistency of effort. Yeah. It takes down fear as well. Mm -hmm. Man. You know? I want to uh, ask you this on the topic of emotions, because I've seen mm. you allude to this on Twitter. Twitter mm. is that this generation struggles with happiness. Oh, and that's man. A, man. This is, a, this is a deep conversation. That's a big right statement yo. right there. I'm glad you said that. I need you to speak on me. Oh, y'all be throwing me some. Y'all be throwing me Don't smile at you. Black Griffin. Don't smile So I was, I was, uh, I live on the beach, guys. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I live on the beach. Uh, and so I, I moved down there in 2019. And so anyway, um, I had been working as an insurance adjuster for four years at that point, and I was really tired, you know. And so about a month or two had went down and had went past, and I was like, man, I'm, I'm missing something, you know. What's, what's going on? And I realized I wasn't angry anymore. You know, I wasn't frustrated anymore. You feel like you was missing something. I had, it was a how part of me. How crazy is that? I had been frustrated and angry so long, <laughs> I didn't even know I was angry and frustrated, you know. And then people start saying, Steve, you look happy. I'm like... I so I, I didn't. Look, I didn't look happy. You know, <laughs> I, I didn't look happy prior. You know, prior to this, and and so what I found out over the years I've been down there was that um, as Americans, we don't place enough importance on enjoying life. You know, we enjoy things, but we don't enjoy our lives. And so, uh, and it, and I see it because I live in Brazil. I live in the states, so I see how Brazilians are. I see how Americans are. I see how I am in Brazil. I see how I am in the states. And what I found is that like. You can enjoy a walk. You can enjoy the sunset. Man, like, mm -hmm. like in my neighborhood, man, when the sunset go down, when the sunset happens, people clap. They clap for the sun, man. How, how much gratitude is that to just applaud the sun for being beautiful? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like crowds of people do this every day. That's crazy. Every sunset, you know? And so it's like, well, that would make you happy. Oh, I'll be happy if I look at the no Everybody else say clapping. You like, man, why I'm in the bed. The first time it happened, I'm like, man, is it a famous person go by? Like they say somebody out the ocean. Like I'm looking around, <laughs> you know. And I started seeing like this is okay. This is the thing. And so, not to say Brazilians are all happy. That's not what I'm saying. But my point is, is that when you are when you're constantly measuring yourself against other people, you're constantly. Uh, 
on social media, we're all on social media right now. But yeah. mm-hmm. when you're looking and comparing yourself, that's not natural. It's not natural for you to know exactly what your neighbor has. Mm-hmm. It's not natural or for you to... What they think at all, at all times. It's not exactly. natural for you to see a famous person's house to compare it to your house. That's not, that didn't happen 20 years ago. You, you would never see Drake's house 20 years ago or Kanye's or whoever's. You wouldn't know their cars they drove or none of that. You know, and so when you secondhand experience things that you're not ready for, or you can't have for whatever reason, it's going to make you sad. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. you don't consciously know that, but in the subconscious, the subconscious is like, well, I want it too, but you're not doing anything to get it for me. So I feel like crap. And so now you're walking around sad because you think that's your priority. That may not be your priority. You know, you might not even like those things, but you see those things. So you program yourself to like it and then not like it at the same time because you can't have it, you know. And so it puts your, your subconscious in this uh, cognitive dissonance, mm-hmm. you know. And so cognitive dissonance is just our brain and our bodies fighting against each other, you know. So, like, we feel, like, sadness and pain and anxiety and depression, all those things around that cognitive dissonance. And so I think that so you can just get out, pull yourself out of that, comparing yourself to other people and, say, you know, the idea that I have to be the best and I have to, if I don't have this, then I'm nobody. Right, right. Uh, you gonna you gonna continue to be unhappy, I think. Mm. Did, did I explain that correctly? No, you did. You did. You did. Because okay. this is something I always like when I see stuff that's going like going on in the world, specifically the country. Like I always ask myself, I'm like, how could we be the most like the liber the most liberated generation like mm-hmm. ever like ever? And we from, from the stuff I, from the stuff that I see, it seems like, and they did polls on this. Like they say, we are the most unhappiest. Generation, y'all are not me. I love y'all. I love my life, but you know what like, I mean. But stuff around you, you see stuff, and you like, damn. Mm-hmm. Like people, a lot of people don't seem happy these days. Now, I'm gonna tell you something else too. Uh, most people walk around in quiet despair, you know, mm-hmm. and that's yes. regardless of generation. They walk around in quiet despair. And I, I, I kind of thought about that. It's like, well, why? Why do people walk around in quiet despair? Is because they're not consciously creating life. You know, they're not consciously creating, like, hey, why are you living in the house you live in right now? Why did you pick the last shirt you wore? Why did you eat the last thing you ate? Was it a conscious decision? No, it probably wasn't. For most people, 90% of people, that was an unconscious decision that somebody else made for you. It started out when you were young. Don't be no astronaut. Get your backup plan. Mm-hmm. Right? And then from there, it was like, well, just go to the state school. Go to community college by, yeah. down the street from the house by mom and keeps going. And then before you know, it was like, okay. Okay, my manager said I'm supposed to do this. Okay, my, my, my wife said supposed to do this. Okay, my, my husband said I'm supposed to do this. My kids said I'm supposed to do this. And next thing you know, you're just doing what you're supposed to do. How, would you want how, many, to people, how many people have said that? I, I'm, only, I'm, I'm supposed to do this. Who said you're supposed to do that? Because if you didn't say it, we got a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a real problem here. And so the, the, the problem is, is unconscious life and conscious life. We, us three, have created a conscious lifestyle, you know, Style is a verb, by the way, guys. Okay? So, <laughs> so you like got to get to doing this whole right. life thing, right? I have a lifestyle. I created this. I wrote it down. I, I put it on mirrors. I said it. I, I live in New York City. I live in Salvador, Brazil. I did a summer. I summered in Europe. I summered in New York. I'm, go, I'm going back to the summer in Brazil next month. I created it because that's what I wanted, mm-hmm. you know? So you can have this. I'm from Alabama, y'all. I'm a college dropout from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. All right. <laughs> Living in Brazil. In New y'all York. can do this. All right. But you got to. So how does it start, guys? You got to bring your thoughts into the physical by writing. Write these things down. Write what it is you want down. What kind of life do you want? 
How do you want to look? Who do you want to date? Who do you want to marry? How do you want your children to act? How do you want people to treat you? And until you start creating those things and being conscious about it, you're going to keep getting these unconscious uh, results. Results. Mm-hmm. Or these supposed to be results. I was supposed to be this when I turned 30. And now you're 35 and you're 10 years behind. Like, hey, I ain't stop. I'm gonna hey, 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 hey. Go ahead, Dean. No, ahead. I was going to say, like, what you said, I live by it. Because if you look at my phone right now, there's this long note in there. And it is literally... This is how I want to dress. This is where I want to live. This Come is on. who I want to be married to. Like, this is where my kids... Like, everything is detailed. And that's and I just see it already just coming into existence. Yeah, exactly. And I update the note. I go back and look at it, like, on a regular basis. And it keeps me reminded when I start doubting myself. Come on, now. You got to remind yourself of who you are now. Mm-hmm. 99% of things you write down come true, by the way. Mm-hmm. Just so you know. If you give it enough time, 99% of things you write down come true. Man. Um... See- Take with that what you will. But, uh, <laughs> hey, hey, I love this conversation just because I think I know it for at least for when we've been doing a video, we never really dove in. You know, people see our lifestyle now, they see where we're at, they might see the video content, might and they might believe or have the assumption that we've always been in this position or that our life was always just grand, not realizing that to, for me to get to this position, it was a lot of visual visualization going mm-hmm. on, using my imagination. Me being in my bed at night, this one I'm talking about living with my parents before I even went to the military, thinking about mm-hmm. how my life is going to be. Like, mm-hmm. life by design for real, for real. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, man. It's, but, you know, the thing is, like, I remember I watched Boomerang. You know Boomerang. Yeah, yeah, Boomerang. Yeah, 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 yeah. I watched Boomerang, and I was like, I'm going to be like him. <laughs> like, uh, he was well-dressed. Marcus, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> he was well-dressed, and he had a really nice apartment. What stuck out to me was his apartment. And I was like, I'm going to yeah, have a place fly. like that. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, I got one now. And, yeah. and for me, it was like, you know, it's a few other people and a few other things that I, I wanted to be about. I really wanted to be really well-cultured and, uh, and well-traveled. And I wanted to set myself apart. But I knew I couldn't stay where I was. And I couldn't have a mediocre uh, income or anything like that to, to, get to furnish that kind of lifestyle. Exactly. You know, because, guys, earning money ain't about buying cars. Man. Okay. Man, go ahead. Go ahead. Now, granted, I love cars. And I'm going to get a car. I just happen to not live in this country, so there's no reason for me to have a car. But, uh, and I'm only saying this guy, like he's saying not living in this country for a reason. I'm just, this is just my lifestyle, okay? It was a wild thing that I wanted, but your wild thing might be something else, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But the point is, is that we can use our incomes to fund our fun and how we, how we experience life on a day-to-day, mm-hmm. you know? Bro, the reason I love this is because, like, people may... The show is called Mirroring Our Mindsets, obviously. obviously. The conversation we have, and I think people get the misconception that this is about money, and it's not. Like, when I was visualizing, when before I had anything, it wasn't about money. It was about a lifestyle and being mm-hmm. a certain person. Money was just a tool and a vehicle for Come me on. to be that person. Mm-hmm. So it's not about, like, this chase, or I don't want to say chase, the, the, the action and the purpose that we're doing is not about money. It's about excelling and just having a certain lifestyle. Right. Money mm-hmm. is just a byproduct of this shit. Correct. You know what I'm saying? You, can, you, Correct. you can't make money the goal. The goal is to actually be somebody where you're doing things. Like for me, it was having influence, taking impact. care of people, impact. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Being a businessman, mm-hmm. looking nice. Hell yeah. That, I didn't mention money. <laughs> nah, but money, nah, to, yeah. money it, 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 to do those things, it takes money to have it. Yeah. So that's why I always say, I think people get confused where I'll be like, 
I don't give a damn about money. I do what I don't. It's not what drives me. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? You you get what I'm saying, but I want people yeah. to understand that because they might just have a dollar as they go. That's not that's that shouldn't be the goal. You know what's what's also also pretty interesting is that the lifestyle you want is actually pretty much cheaper than you think it is. <laughs> yeah. a, so like so for example like <laughs> let's just talk that's numbers a, for a second that's a fact that's let's a just fact. talk numbers for a second guys so my apartment in brazil is a thousand dollars u.s uh my driver is two hundred dollars u.s no 400 your what my Dri- driver yeah i have a driver i don't take <laughs> <in> <laughs> brazil, so i got a driver my driver is 400 <laughs> <Hold on. laughs> you say you see my panel say your what I'm yeah like, bro i got a talking? driver i got a driver bro like <laughs> yeah, but it's but it's four hundred dollars, right? It's four hundred dollars for my driver. It's gas and and him, you know, drive me around every month. And then it's uh, then I got a, a maid, right? So I got Lou, shout out okay. to Lou. And so uh, Lou, she cooks and cleans and washes all my clothes and everything. And she's another four hundred dollars. So I've only said two thousand dollars. What's Eighteen hundred dollars. Eighteen hundred dollars. Okay, that's all I said. Did, does anybody have to be rich to afford eighteen hundred dollars for rent, your driver, his gas, and your and your, and your maid? It's eighteen hundred dollars. That funds. The majority of my lifestyle, you know, and then I have coaches for swimming and dance and all the other stuff. But like, let's just say three thousand dollars for all that. Three grand. You can figure out a way to make three thousand dollars and have that. Tickets to my city is eight hundred dollars round trip. I ain't say I ain't, I ain't even got the five grand yet. <laughs> you saying you got the five grand yet? Like that's that's not rich. No, it's not. You know what I'm saying? But I opened my mind to seeing that. I opened my mind and I wrote down what I wanted. You know. And so I'm taking that five-year-old approach. You know, the five-year-old don't care. He says, it's $800 for the the airplane ticket. Okay, let's go get it. Mm -hmm. The five-year-old's not putting in all these situations where it wouldn't work. And what if if the plane crash? And what if I can't speak the language? And what if if they don't like me when I get They're not. The five-year-old don't think about that. So why do you think about it? Mm -hmm. Buy the ticket. Get the maid. Get the driver. Get the apartment. Mm -hmm. Sign a lease. And make it happen every month. It's a simple task, right? So that's just an example, guys. Everybody's different. So let's say let's say it's a Lamborghini that you want, right? I think a Lamborghini, obviously, you have a down payment on it. So let's yeah. just skip the down payment part. But like month to month, you can get a Lamborghini for less than $2,000 a month. Maybe a used Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. Let's say it's a Porsche or a Tesla or mm-hmm. a Mercedes M-Class or something like that. It ain't that much money. With a little effort and some, some thought behind mm-hmm. it, you can have those things and... Uh, I'm just, again, guys, we just use those things as examples, but... I like that you said that, because when you put it in that perspective, and you you break it down to a point where it's so simple for people, for the average person, it makes it believable for them. Because you say, when you when most people, when they hear, it's only $2,000 a month to do that, they'll say, $2,000? What? Who has that kind of money? But when you break it down and say, hey, like, $2,000 ain't nothing, man. Figure out a way you can make this money. Bro, like... You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, you, look, product, product or service, okay? There you go. Product or service. What product can you can you acquire and sell for two thousand dollars? What service you can provide to what service can you provide to what type of person or business for two thousand dollars a month? Now we got a, now we got some options, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's that, now we're looking for the solution, all right? And and so when we look at that, then it's like okay, well, what product could I sell? What service could I sell? What part of my time could I sell? What could I put into me to get the you know get the skills necessary to sell like this or whatever it may be? Damn, I got $2,000 coming in every month. Now I can go get that thing I want. Mm-hmm. You know, just break it down, make it real simple. Make it simple. Yep. And the you beauty know? in that is that you're living, I'm gonna call it a luxury lifestyle, where you're living this, this beautiful lifestyle 
and doing something that's practical is being an insurance adjuster. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's yeah. nothing crazy. That's another, right. Yeah, nothing right. outlandish. Being right. an insurance adjuster, something you don't even need a college degree to do. Every person can just go do it. But <laughs> I'm gonna tell you. I learned early on in my early 20s, I learned that uh, you don't have to have sexy job titles to make good money. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, I bought my first Benz being a bail bondsman. You know, I bought S-Class being a bail bondsman, just getting people out of jail. That ain't sexy, you know, but I did well with that. And so it's like, I have found that the wealth is in, I wouldn't say the garbage, but it's like the wealth is, is it's just not pretty. You know, mm-hmm. like it's not... Like, I'm not going to take a picture of me at a computer typing up claims and stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's not sexy. <laughs> that is not. And when, people, when I tell people I'm in insurance, their eyes just glaze over. You know, and it's been that way for all the jobs I've ever had. They've always just been like, oh, you do a what? All right. And I'll be like, okay, cool. Right, cool. Less competition for me. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it ain't got to be insurance for, 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 you, for you. It might be something else. But guys, there is a lot of money in the, 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 the ugly, the ugly things of life, the things that other people don't want to do, or the things that people just don't place a high regard on because that's not what they're told. Uh, you know, that's where the, the money is, right? Mm. Well, the money is in accounting, engineering, and, and you'd be a lawyer or a doctor. Those four things, if you're not doing that, you ain't gonna make no money. What's, that's only four industries. We got a whole lot of other industries there. A lot. Where you can make a lot of money at. Mm-hmm. And so I found that, okay, I have, if I take my skill levels my, and, my, and, and my gifts, everybody has a gift. Everybody has things they're predisposed to being good at. Go take it and leave one of these sexy industries and get in another sexy industry, and you gonna win. You gonna win because mm-hmm. ain't nobody else. Everybody else over there, they just kind of happen upon it too. Yep. Mm. So if you're a top-notch salesman, why am I gonna sell cars and I can go sell? I don't know something not sexy. Okay, like life insurance. That ain't sexy at all. But you a top-notch car salesman making whatever a month as a as a as a car salesman. Why don't you go over here and sell life insurance? Everybody need life insurance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They can buy multiple insurance policies. Yep. I'm getting back on insurance. I didn't mean to, but it's not sexy. <laughs> no, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. It's just like you, you don't have to be front facing all the time to, to, to do well. That's all I'm mm-hmm. trying to say. But no, anyway. that's a, that's a, those are key points. And I like that. The, I like the fact that you brought up industries because this is something that's crazy. I was just thinking about this like yesterday. Like one of the most important things, in my opinion, when it comes to building financial stability or independence is industry. And I think yeah. like a lot of times people are in a specific industry at a bad time and where it may be too early or it may be too late or it may be too saturated. So like, I think people got to do their homework and when you on this journey and identifying the industry, like you said, it's not always going to be pretty. And a lot of times it's not going to be something that you actually have a passion for, but it's something that you got to use it as a vehicle. Like I said earlier, to get to where you want to go, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Identifying the industry. That's why, like I tweeted the other day, I said, I put all, I put my other ventures on a back burner and I'm a hundred percent all in on podcasting. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of people may not understand that right now. And it took, I took some L's in the beginning doing this because it was a, it was a backdrop from the other stuff that we was doing. Right. But I know with this as an industry, whereas we got a, we got a blue, we got a blueprint. We got our foot through the door and it's an industry that people still don't know how many. It ain't stuff, sexy. It ain't and it, People don't know what's about to come out of this, it but sexy, I see it because I'm in it. You know, I'm glad you said something about this whole passion thing, right? You know what I'm passionate about? What's that? I'm passionate about waking up and jumping in the ocean and swimming for an hour. See? I'm passionate about dancing. I'm passionate about, about speaking Portuguese. That's what make a smile on my face. I don't have to be passionate about my job. It's work. It ain't play. That's why I call work. Mm-hmm. So how many of y'all disqualifying? I'm not going to say y'all. How many of us are disqualifying ourselves from our real potential 
because we feel like we got to be passionate about work. I ain't never been passionate about work. Never. Okay, I might be good at it. Right. But I'm not jumping up and down like, bro, I can't wait a 9 a.m. hit, bro. I can't, I'm going to clock in. I'm going to get to him, boy. Like, no. I get excited yeah, I when I see a wave come in, and I'm like, yo, I'm finna swim. I'm finna see these little fishes and the the the, the ocean, the snakes on the on the ocean, and you know, I'm gonna see these sardines and tuna and all that stuff swimming. That's what I'm passionate about. And so, going back to how we feel, how we get happy is like, go be passionate about life, and let's take work serious. Mm-hmm. Let's let mm-hmm. work be work, and we can make fun be fun. But we ain't gotta do this whole like, well, my job doesn't give me fulfillment. No, your life don't give you fulfillment. And that's why you're mad and, and, and unhappy in your situation. And you think it's you think it's because of your job, and it's not because of your job. It's because you don't do anything. That's a hell of a perspective. Off, after you get off work. Get off work. Mm-hmm. And you think it's the job. Yeah, you know, I don't know what job. Your, your job feeds you. Come on. <laughs> right. Like, what are you talking about here? You know, but anyway. Mm, no, 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 no. You go ahead, bro. That's a hell of a perspective yeah. for people to, to, to realize that. Because when you, when you just said that, I never even looked at it from that perspective. I'm like, well, that makes sense. Because I don't even remember being in a... Um, military and like most of the people that that we was in with they would be miserable but me personally like most of my enlistment i was never miserable like i like that's what i always say i don't regret my enlistment like i had a, i enjoyed it it's because but it wasn't because of the work i was doing it's because outside of it i was still living my own like having a life that's what i'm saying <laughs> so, i had a life outside of it so like going to work it was like even though i didn't want to be there it wasn't like i was miserable it was like I'm going, when I get out of this, stuff. this is my job. I do this, when I get out of this, I'm going to chill, travel, we're going to have fun, be with my girl, we're going to have a good time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, man, that's, and I never looked at it that way, though, until bro, you said it. Once I realized that, because then once you realize that, you, you, can just, you can just do your job without your emotions around mm-hmm. you. Exactly. My manager didn't tell me how today. <laughs> you know, like, my okay. manager didn't say I did a good job after I stayed two hours late. Like, so, you know, like, He's doing his management thing or she's doing her management thing and you are an employee. They, this ain't a family, okay? <laughs> <laughs> this is not a family. They all here to collect a check, okay? That's a fact. But just take that need for fulfillment through your job away and let's put that into our life and our lifestyle. And that also uh, fuels our desire to create a, a lifestyle, a better lifestyle, you know, mm-hmm. that works for us, you know? I love it. And I want to pivot like on topics because you said something else on Twitter that I want to get into. You do. But before I get (laughs) into (laughs) we do got to highlight our second sponsor for this week's episode, which is going to be Xavier's Guide to Crypto. Oh, I'm like, (laughs) so this week, this this episode, like she said, is sponsored by my official crypto guide. That's right, guys. You guys can go to www.guidetocrypto.com. And this is a beginner's guide for people that want to get into crypto. And like I always say, this this isn't a short term plan. So if you're trying to make 100%, 200%, 50% in a week or a month or something like that, this isn't the play for you. you. This is people that's wanting to get a crypto buy and they're willing to wait long term. Like in this guide, I give about 13 coins that, I, that I'm pretty sure that will do well long term if you steadily invest in them. I talk about paying taxes. I talk about platforms. I talk about what makes a coin valuable, invaluable, stuff like that. And if you want to get it, it's on sale right now, 20% off for the next yep. For the next fifty, for the next fifty people, it's twenty percent off, and you can go to guide two. That's the number two, crypto.com. The link is also in the description of this podcast. Yes, sir. Thank you, Xavier. So the question I have for you is: You said 
two-parent households have a record of success unseen in any other family dynamic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Come on, man. Yes. I got you. I got Come you. Come on. Speak on it. Go ahead. Let us well, know. Well, yeah. So, um, what do you want to know about that? I mean, explain to us, like, what what's the meaning behind that? Like, because, you know, a lot of people... I'm going to just go ahead and say it. Being a single parent isn't looked at as a bad thing at all. It's looked at as it's very doable, which I commend the single parents that do right. it. But it seems like a lot of people promote being a single parent and kind of diss two family households. Diss marriage. Yeah, this. marriage and all that in the process. So can you speak on that? Yeah, I will. Um, so, so here's the thing. Um, when I was bell bonding, I was going to jail. I went to jail three times a day. For like an hour and a half, getting people out of jail. And by people, I mean black men. Mm -hmm. Most of the people I got out of jail. 90% of those guys uh, didn't have a father. You know, 90%. And this is over two years I did this. Um, and I'm like, so I, I look just like y'all. Like, we the same age. How did, I, how did I get here and you got there? And, and uh, oftentimes, it's just they couldn't, uh, they didn't have a father at home. And, and if we go look at, let's go look at jail rates, Okay. The people that end up in jail and go back and forth to jail are usually uh, coming from single-parent homes. Yep. Um, then we start looking at... Y'all run the stats, okay? Before y'all start arguing with us and get mad, yeah, go yeah. Get, hop in the comments. Just go look at Just some go stats. Look at, go look at the stats. Um, I'm not going to demonize single parents because, hey, look, somebody got to raise these kids. So if you stayed around, hats off to you. Um, the people who have not had children yet, um, what we got to understand is that is dysfunction. Mm -hmm. You know, I understand you're raising a kid, you're raising a child on your own, you're raising children on your own. That is dysfunctional. That's not how it's designed. If two people can make a baby, two people got to raise a baby, mm -hmm. raise a family, you know. Uh, and not only that, we go, let's go look at stats for poverty in, in the, the black community. I think we got like, what, 40% of us make less than $25,000 a year, something like that. Something like that. That's a high percentage. Uh, it's a, it's check a high your percentage. stats, guys. Y'all can leave the comments below what the real stat is. I'm just going on top of my head. So if we're looking at that, and we know that most of that is women with children and no man at home. We know that if we add a man to this, they can get over $25,000. They'll get over the poverty level. And they can have a shot at having more resources throughout their life in a more stable, a more stable environment. You know, Because you got mama making $12 an hour raising three kids. And daddy over there across town making $10 an hour. That's a $22 an hour household that ain't together. That ain't. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know? And so... The next thing is, is like, all right, look, guys, you got kids involved. So it ain't all about you and how you being happy. Like, y'all going to have to figure that out, you know, if we're going to get past where we are, especially for us as black people. We're going to get past where we are right now. We're going to do something a little different. I don't know how we're going to do that, but mm -hmm. we're going to have to make some concessions, Man. okay? Because yep. this ain't working. Uh, and I'm, us, you know? I tweeted about this a while ago. That's why I'm looking at my phone because I'm trying to find the tweet. I had the statistics, and because I, I did, this, I did a lot of research on this. Yeah, but I'm try, I can't find it. But I remember it being something like a uh, child without a father. I could be like I said, I could be wrong on this, but I remember it was something like it's like 20 times more likely to go to jail, more times, yeah, all the, that, the whole, all the bad, all, all the bad, bad stats. all the bad, like four times more likely to drop out of high school, suicide rates are higher. Yep, like. Yeah, it's, it's extreme. And I think a lot of people don't think of just from, because they always, you got people that say, you know, I can, I can, I can take care of it myself. Like, I'm doing financial well myself. I think they don't think of you one person. What if something happens to you? 
Like you and know what I'm saying? Do happen. And something do happens. What if mm-hmm. you become sick, injured? Those well, but here's the other thing. Okay, you can take care of the baby yourself, but you ain't asking the baby how they feel about it. <laughs> Who asking the kids? Exactly. The kid just want one one parent. Yeah, I'm good without a dad. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, you got it. But yeah. they, they groom the kid into thinking. Well, yeah. They accept it over right. time that they would prefer to have yeah. one parent. Yeah, but like. I got both my parents. I'm not going to be like, yeah, I'm cool without my dad or my mm-hmm. mom. Like, yeah, we good, dad. Just yeah, leave mom back at the house, you know, exactly. like forever. No, I'm not. And I think that's what I'm saying. Like, we're not considering the child. There's another person in these conversations. It's adults, but you have a third person. That's the child or the children that are created. Y'all ain't consulting with them. Right. You know, you, you don't know how they feel when you come home tired. Okay, you made it happen. You put food on the table, but you can't play with them. You tired mm-hmm. from work, so you can't be nice to them. Exactly. You know, and it's just you. You're angry. You know, you're angry at just everything or anything, you know. Maybe not, maybe not angry, you're just tired, you know. But you're missing, that this child is missing something, you know. And that comes from another set of another hands, set. another set of eyes, another, another person to give this child attention. And so it's like, if we ain't made no kids yet, guys, let's, I'm part of the not, haven't had kids yet crowd. Look, we got to just be cognizant of what we're doing before yeah. we do it. Uh because it's a big responsibility, you know. It's a huge responsibility. Because it ain't about you. Okay, I made it. All right, but your child might not make it. Okay, you know. And that's just that's the, that's the reality of it. It's serious. It's really serious. And yeah. um, you know, we want if we want a better if we want to do better for us in our community, we gotta do better for our children and yep. for our unborn before they get here. So yep. think before you you, you start yeah. doing these things. And it's man, it's all like. I, I really, to be honest, I really didn't see the value. I, I ain't gonna say I didn't see the value. I'm saying that wrong. I didn't see, I didn't see how important and how like pivotal, because I was raised by both parents too. How how pivotal my father's role in my life until I was an adult to see like man, because I know I have most of my friends. It wasn't that wasn't the case, and Same, I seen like yeah. the routes they went, and I seen for I, I just know like, it's three it's three of us. I got two brothers, and if it was just us three and my mom, it would. I know we it wouldn't have been in a positive direction no. that we would have went because each time we did some BS or got in trouble, it was my dad that was on us, sitting us down, having talks with us. Where it was like, you know, man to man, it's always that like you see that that fear with your father yeah, that doesn't yeah. that you does you don't get from a from a woman necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. you know you don't really feel the consequence. Like what you gonna do to me? You can't hurt you can't harm me. Man, like you like can't, 13, 14. <laughs> we can turn this over. But with a, with a man, it's like. All right, let me let My me bad. sit straight up. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I don't want to, you know, so that is, is everything you're saying is real. Yeah. It's yeah, real. I agree. I, and I don't, I talk about it, but I don't like, mm-hmm. I don't want to demonize single parents. Look, that's what y'all got going on. Y'all doing the best y'all can with what you got. I understand. Right. right. Okay. You keep doing that, but it's mainly for people who have not had children yet. God, please think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just think, like, you know what I'm saying? Even if you're not going to be together, you know, you got co parenting and all that good stuff. Like, Some. it's too, yeah, that balance is everything. Mm-hmm. A child needs that balance. So, those, man, yeah, we can yeah. deep, man. These are, the, I know this may not mindset, but we, we can't talk <laughs> about finances or money without talking yeah. about like real the things, real too, stuff. because at the end of the day, you can have all the money in the world, but certain stuff money just can't cover. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's just like, mm-hmm. it can't cover for the fact that. A parent might not be at home, or you might mm-hmm. not be feeling good mentally, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So these conversations, 
these conversations got to be had too. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. you got to have these hard talks. And again, I just want to say it was no knock to single parents at all. Like, commend y'all 100%. Situations happen. But like you said, we just got to be more conscious of the decisions we make. And we got to put the emphasis on the kids and the people we're raising in today's society. Mm, yeah, man. And uh, what, 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 we, what, we, what we at on time, Joe? Okay. We're at an hour. We, we at an hour? Okay, okay. Yeah, we're going to get ready to wrap up. But before before um, we wrap up, I want to talk about lastly is your course. So yeah. for the people that, like I said, that may be thinking about becoming a justice, we know, okay. I know your stuff covering a lot of stuff. Does, so for yeah. people that's, that's, uh can purchase it, what does it cover? Like what it will teach them? All right. So I got three courses now. Oh, you got three? Okay. Yeah. So... Uh, the main course, this course is int- introduces people to the industry and gets them hired and teaches them what to do to get hired and stay hired, is the roadmap to become an independent insurance adjuster. Uh, that course is going to, for one, is going to explain the industry to you, what, what they're looking for when they're trying to hire you, what they're not looking for, uh, how to conduct yourself in these uh, office environments. Uh, it gives you a list of all the IA firms, independent adjuster firms or insurance adjusting firms. In the United States, insurance adjusting firms are basically staffing agencies that just hire okay. independent adjusters. Uh, and then it teaches you how to go about going through those lists, contacting all those people, and hey, look, I got a license. I'm, I'm, I got these certifications. This is what I have here, and this, and I want to work for, you, for your company. Uh, teach people how to do that. And it also comes with a group. So we got, at the time of this taping, I think it was September 10th, we got 540 members in our uh, Slack group. And so those are all uh, adjusters or people that are taking that course in their all sharing different things they see in the industry, whether that's a new deployment or, hey, this is how you get through your Texas State exam. This is how you get through Louisiana State exam. So they're sharing a lot of information there. And uh, it's, it's been phenomenal for a lot of people. We, we got right at 1,000 students. and That's amazing. We got over 130 hired already. And like I said earlier, my goal is 500 students to get hired. And I think today we got three people hired today. So wow. We're getting, I think we're getting like salute, one person, man. one or two people hired every day. Salute. You're doing the work, bro. That's some, impact. Um, into a good industry, you know, that's going to make them good money, you know. So it's, uh, I'm, guys, I'm, I'll be talking about my course a lot. I got three courses. I just made a new course. So I'm thinking about my last course. And I made my first course nine months ago. So, like, I you talk about all my courses. But the main thing is with, with the roadmap, if you just took that, that's going to give you what you need to get into the industry and get hired and stay working uh, as much as you want to. And then uh, the next two courses – are more technical based and it goes into how you actually handle claims and then the last course is how you uh interpret policy okay yeah as a, as a claim Everything hey man you need. i, I want to yeah. give you a grand salute because that's that's directly impact impacting people's lives and mm-hmm. you like i said you're doing the work to have 130 people get actually hired and be able to feed themselves and i'm pretty sure yeah. a lot of them have families to yeah, feed their yeah. families hey man that's 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 a big big salute. That's major. Hey, bro. I appreciate it. Man. That's appreciate major. It, yeah, no, nah, seriously, bro. That's yeah. I, I love to hear stuff like that because that's that's real work. That's real work, man. Yeah. And uh, before we before we let you go, man, I just want to say once again, bro. You know how much I appreciate you coming out to Dallas, man, <laughs> yeah. to do this. Yeah, I, 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 we've we've been we've been talking. We we said we had to get this done. We got it done. Hey, man, I'm glad I can be here. And this yes. this one of those. <laughs> hey, man. One of those. This one of those. That's all I can say. This one of those ones, man. Oh, yeah. Y'all. This, so this episode, this 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 it right here, man. So, but before we, uh, we let you go, do you mind in, uh, letting people know where they can f- find you, follow you, everything? Just plug everything right now. All right. So I'm gonna give y'all one. Twitter.com. Okay. You can get everything else from there. Mm-hmm. Steven Story. S T P H E N S T R E Y. Follow me on Twitter, and then from there, all all my other information is there. 
my YouTube, Instagram, the courses, everything. But that's where I'm most active at. Okay. So let's just go there. Yep. Go Start to Twitter. <laughs> Follow him. Like I said, he's one of my favorite followers. So y'all make sure y'all definitely tap, tap, uh, tap in with him and make sure y'all hit that follow button. And wrapping up for me, y'all can find me on all platforms at Xavier C. Miller. You can also follow the Millionaire Mindsets podcast on all platforms as well. And once again, on September 17th, that's the week from today, we're doing a live show with Aisha Selden. All the in-person tickets, they've been sold out now, but we do it. We have virtual tickets as well. So for people that want to tune in, they want to ask her questions, be a part of the audience and see what's going on, ask us questions, you could definitely get that virtual mm-hmm. ticket. That's for uh, $25. So definitely uh, tune in to that as well. Like I said, September 17th, 4 p.m. to 6 p to 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. That's happening. And D, what's your info? And you can find me on Instagram at Deanna Kent, Twitter Deanna S. Kent, and you can find me on YouTube at Lessons in Life and Luxury. And thank you again so much for coming yeah. on the show. Yeah, Next time it. we do part three. Hopefully, me and Zay living in Brazil. Hey, yeah. Yeah. We can shoot it from Brazil. Trying to shoot cool. my shot so we can get <laughs> shoot just to get to Brazil. Hey, let's go. I feel it, I feel it. And that's all we have for you guys. Appreciate y'all tuning in to another episode of the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. See you guys next episode. Peace. Peace. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier, y'all gonna talk about it. No, Deanna, speak that sh- that everybody voucher. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant.